Welcome to Walk with the Wise, along with First Presbyterian Church of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where you'll find a joyful community on our way to becoming mature human beings that go back out to love our crazy world. I'm Pastor Dan Snyder, and I'm here, as always, with Andy Kindig. Hi there, Andy. Hi, Dan. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Just a reminder to subscribe, share our podcast, let other people know about what you've heard here on Walk with the Wise. And Dan, we have another wonderful guest with us today, someone that we spent a lot of time with during the last few years. We did. Yeah. Today we have our guest, Reverend Dr. Steve Litch, who recently was the interim associate pastor with us here at First Presbyterian Church. And uh, today he is here representing American Pilgrims on the Camino, a big passion in your life, Steve. You're on the the board of directors there. Tell us how how, um, pilgrimage became a passion for you. It was kind of accidental, Dan. Um, Thanks for having me. This is a really uh, fun thing you're doing, and I'm really uh, honored to be part of such an illustrious uh, group of people that, that you interview on this podcast. Well, pilgrimage, uh, my wife and I discovered pilgrimage when our daughter was living in Spain. She lived there about 10 years, and every summer we'd go over to visit her. And would uh, the first Christmas that she was married, her in-laws for, gave us for Christmas uh, a book about the Camino de Santiago. They were Spanish, they were proud of it, and we never really heard of it. But when we went back in the summer, we thought, well... This would be a good way to explore Spain, something different, to get to know this country she's living in. And so we went up to Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, which is on the, uh, the, the in, in France, on the border with Spain, at the foot of the Pyrenees Mountains. And we just walked for three days along the Camino de Santiago. And um, like I said, we were doing it just kind of out of curiosity, but we got bitten by the whole uh, pilgrimage wow experience. The things that really uh, grabbed us were the community that forms along the way with uh, your fellow pilgrims, the uh, rich history of that region, the, the, the natural beauty, the, the realization that you're walking the same path that people have been walking for a thousand years. So it's a, a lot more than just a nice walk through the country. Um, it's really a uh, sort of a re-encounter with a long, rich tradition and a very vibrant uh, contemporary community of people who come from all over the world, from all different perspectives. And so the next year we went back, and that was in 2008, and I've been going back just about every year since then, even since our daughter uh, returned to the United States. Um, in fact, we're going in a, a couple of weeks, we're going to walk part of the Camino in France, so... Oh wow! Yeah, so that—that's how we got what an introduction. On it. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the first time I'd heard of the Camino, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it was so unfamiliar to me. But since then, I've just heard more and more people talk about it. But for some of our listeners who maybe haven't heard about it yet, uh, tell us a little bit, just briefly, what the the Camino is and. Uh, where it starts, where it ends, what people do on it, stuff like that. Well, the tradition is that mm-hmm. the bones of St. James, the Apostle of Jesus, are buried 
in Santiago de Compostela, which is a city in the northwest of Spain. Um, and in the Middle Ages, it was the third most popular pilgrimage route in Europe oh, wow. after Jerusalem and Rome. And it was a little more accessible, particularly for people from, uh, from France and Britain and Spain. So it's been going for, you know, around a thousand years. Uh, it, the main route starts, like, like I said, in Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port in France and goes for 500 miles across the north of Spain. But there are multiple other routes because people would come from all over Europe. In fact, they say the Camino starts at your front door. Oh, And yeah, even sure. today, you run into a lot of people who, for that's where it actually starts, whether it's in Czechoslovakia or Hungary or uh, Germany. They'll walk out their front door and they'll just walk to uh, Santiago de Compostela. Um so it's um, you know it's had ups and downs uh, after the Reformation when uh, pilgrimage kind of fell out of favor, particularly with Protestants. It it well, lulled for a little bit, um, but in the 1980s uh, there was a priest who was at a, a parish along the the uh, the Camino de Santiago who decided that he was going to kind of reinvigorate it. People had been doing it, you know, during all that time, but there was very little infrastructure. They would sleep, sometimes they'd sleep in barns or they'd just knock on somebody's door and people would put them up. But this priest uh, went along the whole uh, Camino Frances, that 500-mile route across northern Spain, and he would put yellow arrows every so often. And... Um, after that, it started becoming more popular. And when it really took off, especially for Americans, was in 2011 after the movie The Way came out, starring oh, yes. Martin Sheen. Uh, people saw that, and they were just really uh, bitten by it. I'd say the number of Americans who did it after that probably increased about, uh, well, we have some statistics on that, about 175% oh, in the my few wow. years. Wow. And even today, you run across lots of people who say that, that they just saw that. And it's a, it's a transformative experience because um, pe people do it for a lot of different reasons. I, I, Carol and I did it in stages for a number of years. And then as I was nearing retirement, I went back and did the whole 500 miles just to, with my seminary roommate just to kind of figure out what was going to happen in the next stage of life. A lot of people will do it uh, after they've lost a loved one. They're trying to okay. decide you know, what their vocation is going to be. Some people want to do it uh, just because they um, want to be in touch with the rich spirituality. A lot of different reasons that people right. do it. Yeah. Right. I think that was what was really neat about that movie, The Way, is it portrayed this kind of experience as more than just tourism, that this is not... Something somebody will just, uh, well, if you're going to walk 500 miles, you're going to need a little bit of preparation. Um, and it, they portrayed the community that got built along the way. And so uh, it is different than, yeah, than and, just a tourism. And, and that movie is a pretty accurate description of is what it? actually happens. Wow. Because, you know, you're sharing, you're sharing this very challenging experience with a lot of different people. Mm. And you're walking along or maybe you're sharing a communal meal at the end of the day. And um, 
so it's yeah it's, it's a lot different from going to a hotel and going out and seeing the sights and then coming back um yeah it, it's, yeah it's I, I loved how in the movie there was this mixture of you know the vulnerability and community as well as the the reflective um personal depth of introspection that went hand in hand together for the characters in the in the film and exactly. is that part of what yeah pilgrimage does yeah and i think that that's why it's a good metaphor for um well for this well for for life really uh but for a spiritual the spiritual life because it's a um it, 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 it's it's a flow of time with yourself, introspective time, and communal time, and really that's what a healthy spiritual life is, isn't it? I mean, it's what you try to do in right. church. Right. You encourage people in spiritual disciplines that are inward looking, forming your own relationship with uh, with God, uh, knowing who you are more. But that's also done in the context of community, and part of discovering that is your interaction with other people. And not just other people, but also, as I said, nature, history, uh, you know, the whole complexity of, of human life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think, um, in light of what you're describing as the purpose of pilgrimage, do you think that 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 definition and that purpose has evolved and changed over the years for, uh, you know, you, you talked about how ancient this is. And I can only imagine that the people that did it hundreds of years ago, while some of there would be some similarities in the purpose, uh, there's probably some differences in, in the way people approach it today than they would. Well, that's uh, a very good observation. Yeah. Uh, because I would... Most people who did it in the Middle Ages, you know, had a, a very uh, specific religious Catholic motivation to do it. Oh, sure. You know, right. You would do it either as a penance for sin, uh-huh. uh, as Thanksgiving for some something that God had um, uh, done for you. Uh, if you completed the pilgrimage, went to confession, had. Uh, partook of the mass, you get a, a plenary indulgence of your sins, you know. So there was that was I, I, that was the primary motivation in the Middle Ages. There's still a lot of people who do that. A lot mm-hmm. of devout Catholics. In fact, one of the members that when, when you're walking along, you form what's called a Camino family, and which it was in the movie. Yes. And one member of my Camino family was a Jesuit priest, and uh-huh. you know he was that was he had lots of other purpose. reasons, but he was de- you know he was definitely doing. But it's 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 has evolved a lot so that you know we Protestants get it. That's why Luther and Calvin were so against pilgrimage because they thought it was just a bunch of superstition and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but uh, what you know we've discovered is it's really it the the pilgrimage is is in the walking. Uh, you don't have to believe that the bones of Saint James are actually at the end of the pilgrimage. Uh-huh. That I would say most people now. Don't do that, sure. But it's um, what hap- what happens along the way. And again, that's a wonderful metaphor for life because, yeah, we all want to get to heaven, but boy, it's what happens along the way that's really, you know, exciting and and transformative. And so now you have people who do it. 
people like myself who are Protestants who want to do it to get in touch with God and you know their own spiritual life. But you have people who do it, everything from industrial strength Catholics to people who are mad because the God they don't believe in doesn't exist. You know, they, oh, they just, right. yes. you know, you have every, oh, there's a growing crowd of those. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but you know they'll. Yeah. Uh, but people will do it. For, I mean, some people do it just for the physical challenge, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the other motivations that I that I mentioned. Um, for finding some sort of a, a, a personal uh, event, but um, yeah, it's a lot more nowadays than just trying to reach the relics of the saint in yeah. Santiago. No, yeah. it, you saying that I I just remembered my, my news feed, and I, I <clears throat> just found it on CNN. There was an article that this couple didn't know each other, met on the Camino, both there for different reasons. One was she was adrift from she just had a bad relationship, and that's where she went. And then they end up being engaged like a few weeks later, which I'm sure is not the sole, you know, they probably didn't go there with that thought of like, I'm going to personally open up to someone. Well, some people um, do actually. Exactly. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah. I've met, we, we've met some people who they're, I mean, that, that, that's one of their main goals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause you're, you're probably, you know, match.com. Yeah. It's, it's a way that people use these apps these days for that same reason. They're sure. feeling adrift and lost and they're going to go on a journey. And uh, I'm sure that I, I speaking about that. I was like, wait, yeah. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. People and that's, that's happens. the same thing. You know, it's everybody's there for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it may be, whether. And again, you know, that's, I think that's part of the, the beauty of it because, uh, you you are all thrown into an unusual, different situation, and you're all on the same plane. Um, especially if you're doing it kind of the traditional way, carrying your backpack, staying in a hostel. Uh, you don't know if the person next to you is a billionaire or you know somebody who doesn't. There's this one we had. Our, our organization has an annual gathering every year, and the last two years we've had this woman attend who is a, um, she's a full-time pilgrim. She used to be a uh, nuclear engineer. I think she walked the Camino, and she thought this was her life, and she was, she's Catholic, and she got the Bishop of uh, Denver to create a special order for her, and she spends her whole life as a mendicant pilgrim. Oh, my. And she never... She just asks people if they know a place to stay. And she goes all, all kinds of different pilgrimage routes all over the world. And uh, sometimes, she, you know, she'll sleep on their barn floor, and sometimes they'll invite her to come sleep in their castle. But that's the lots yeah. of different reasons. That's you know, the way, yeah, exactly. In fact, she, there was an article about this woman in Harper's Magazine last month. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, we have discovered during you know after, as a result of covid so many folks are in search of meaning you know they it was so disruptive that people are trying to put their world back together again still and still looking for meaning and we were just talking recently about the hunger for spirituality that there is in our in our society and uh, so this sort of prompts you know the question of you know, how, uh, since pilgrimage is one of the ways to feed that spiritual hunger for so many, do, 
do you see that this is on an increase? You know, is it, is it rising? Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an issue for our organization now because the the Camino Frances, the main part of it, yeah. um, we're getting reports back that it's getting kind of crowded. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, people are reporting that they have you know difficult time finding places to stay. It depends on where you are along the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a real surge in, in interest in this. Now there's lots of different Caminos you can do so that, you know, you don't have to do that one and people are discovering other routes. Mm -hmm. The Camino Frances, I think is the most meaningful in many ways, just because of the long history and infrastructure that's there. But yeah, that's, it's it's kind of becoming an issue. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things like. Um, if everybody starts doing it, is it still the same? <laughs> right. you know, I, yeah, that's a, good, um, that's a good point. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw this out there for those of you who have not been connected to this before. AmericanPilgrims.org is the website. Uh, there's lots of uh, great and useful information on here that shows you uh, lots of the routes you could take. It shows you ways to connect to your local chapters, people... Uh, wherever you are, so that if this is, is something that is motivating you and something that's interesting to you, uh, go check it out. There's, there's tons of information um, on this website. Just to, just to put point that out. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, if if a person can't go all the way to Spain for the Camino, uh, it doesn't mean that they can't have pilgrimage in their life as a practice. So, for example, this summer I hope to do another bike trip. Uh, hoping to ride 500 miles up the west coast of Scotland, you know. So uh, how can um, that journey for me be uh, a pilgrimage and not simply tourism? What, what are some things that I might consider adding into that or uh, that experience or uh, in my preparation for that experience? Well, that's a, that's a really great question. Um... You know, what is what is the difference between tourism and pilgrimage? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I think tourism, and a lot of it depends on what you bring to it. You know, mm-hmm. I might go to the United States Capitol as a tourist because it's something I've always heard about, and I and I, I want to see it. Or I could go as a pilgrim because it's a, a shrine for democracy, and you know, it's a place where something that really is important to me is embodied. Um. So you could go up the west coast of Scotland wanting to see lots of interesting sites, or you could go to it interested in the sites, but also wanting to have some kind of internal experience. What do you want want to have happen inside you? How do you want to engage the country that you go through? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's, you know, spiritually, physically, engage with the people you meet so that it's not just kind of looking at it from a distance, but it's engaging it so that in that engagement, you also are transformed. Yeah. Um, And I would imagine there's preparation for that uh, because the times that I, that I've traveled and, uh, thought in the middle of my travel, boy, that, 
there's something here that I might be missing. It feels like it's a little bit too late to sort well, of pull back. Yeah, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people have they'll go on pilgrimage at a at a moment's notice. I mean, they'll uh-huh. they'll wow. they'll yeah. feel something will happen and they'll get a plane ticket and in a week they'll be there and they just let it happen. And that that's kind of what Carol and I did when we first started. We had no clue what we were getting into. We didn't even oh, know boy. about the yellow arrows. We just started, <laughs> and this is one of the wonderful things about, I think maybe the whole concept of pilgrimage, especially the Camino de Santiago, is this just saying the Camino provides, and you just sort of sit back and you let it happen. Oh my, wow. And the traditional way of doing it, which we did for most of our time, it's getting a little more difficult now as it gets crowded, is you start out at the beginning of the day and you don't know where you're gonna spend the night. And that's part of, that's part of the adventure. You just trust that there's going to be something there for you. You know, there are places where that works better than others. I would you know, we're not, <laughs> When we go to France, we're not going to do that because their infrastructure is not as, is not as established, and so you know, we're going to make... But um, I know this uh, one woman uh, who's a, a member of our organization. She has some health issues, and every time she, these health issues flare up, she gets, on a, gets a cheap flight to Spain, and she walks part of the Camino for two weeks or something. She comes back and she's fine. <laughs> so, wow. so, 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 but, but on the other hand, there is value in, in, in preparing as well. So you know what you're going to do, but, right. but you don't have to let that hold you back. You know, uh-huh. they're kind of two different experiences. Sure. So there, it sounds like, uh, sometimes when I'm a tourist, I am overprepared. Yeah. And part of what you just described in pilgrimage is there's also some things I probably shouldn't worry about as much and just see how the provision happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's a good lesson. Yeah. Now, pilgrimage also feels like it has a, you know, we've talked about the communal part of it. You've already mentioned people that you know, people that are part of the society or the, the, uh, American American pilgrims on the Camino. And, um, there's, I think the, the one nice thing about doing a pilgrimage on the Camino is there's this assumption that I'm walking with like-hearted, like-minded people, whereas if I'm a tourist standing in Paris at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower, I'm probably with a bunch of tourists, and I might be a pilgrim. Uh, so the encounter with people um, on on pilgrimage sounds like there's there there can be a, a different kind of experience yeah that's exactly right one of the most common questions you'll get on the camino is why are you doing this sure and, and in some ways it's safe to ask that question because the camino is a liminal space yeah. you know you, you can be a, sometimes you can be a lot more honest and open with people you know you're not going to see again you know <laughs> um which can be very therapeutic um so yeah you it, it there's anybody who's going to walk for 100, 500 miles, right. you know, especially if they're carrying their stuff on their back or biking or, or whatever, it, it's going to be, a, you know, a certain slice of the population that you're going to share that with. Um, but it also makes is different from, say, our son just got through walking the, the Appalachian Trail. And there are many similarities to his experience that, to what we had on the Camino, he made some wonderful friendships. Some wonderful had some wonderful experiences. He had, uh, you know, he had a goal that he was going to, you know, to get to uh, 
the end, the end of the trail. But the thing that I think makes it different is uh, the, the history, the context that you're walking in. So it's more than a walk in the woods. It's, it's kind of a walk in the midst of, of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also kind of the, the spiritual aura around it even though everybody that's doing it, like I said, is not doing it for religious reasons, there's you, you just you just kind of feel the the spirit around you yeah. as as you do that. Um, yeah, and the sense that the people that are around you doing it have, in some sense, a common purpose, um, in that there's intention behind what they're doing, rather than we're just a collection or a gaggle of vacationers. That's a very good word. Yeah, a camino intention. Mm. Um. I don't think we knew what our intention was when we first started doing it. And um, the intention might change as you're, as you're going along, or you might not even be aware of the intention, but uh, it, it's to get in touch with something. It's to resolve something. Uh-huh. It's to process something um, and not, not, just to have a vacation. Right. Although, you know, it's, it's that too, but yeah, yeah. the, the intention is a good, a good word for uh, doing a pilgrimage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So get in touch with God, you know, get right. in touch with yourself. Right. It could be all kinds of different things. Yeah. Those are good intentions. Andy, we have some, yeah, we do. We'll take a breath. But um, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that uh, we always ask some, some not as uh, serious questions uh, in the middle, but I'm actually going to phrase these questions in the sense of being on a pilgrimage. Oh, uh, on the El Camino. Very so, clever. On the Camino. Uh, yes. So our first one we always do is your favorite after this. Usually we say after work, drink or snack. But what would be if you're on your on the Camino, the pilgrimage? What every single day, or what is that snack or that beverage that you were like? would go for at the end of a day of on hiking on the pilgrimage. Well, the be- well, it, or at it, the end of the whole thing. How about at the beginning of the day? Sure. There well, we that's go. The one, oh, there that's go. the one that, that comes out the most is yeah. cafe, cafe con leche. Okay. You walk for about two hours. You stop at a cafe along the way and you have a cafe con leche and a Spanish tortilla, which is like an omelet, a Spanish omelet. That is the, every pilgrim's idea of, uh, perfect food. Perfect food yeah. to get you through the wow. rest. Of get, you, get you through wow. the rest of the Capricorn <laughs> con leche. That's, that, yeah. that's good. That yeah, that's probably even more because I, I, you and I have talked about this before. I'm sure at the end of the day, sometimes it's the motivation is just where's the pillow or where's the bed to <laughs> lay down. Yeah, well, cerveza at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, true. Or, 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 uh, or vino tinto. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> The, but I like the I like the, be- the, the beginning of the That's the one that, that that's that's the one that um, you always go for. I, I, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Um, now, if you were if you were on the pilgrimage, we we always I always ask for the favorite superpower. If you were out there and you could summon up a superpower <laughs> while you were on this hike, what would it be? These are very clever to approach. Yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, nice. that's great. Um, um, Feet of steel. Uh, yes. <laughs> that don't get blisters. Yeah. That would be that would be that, the superpower. That, that, that would be a good one. Of, of sore feet. Oh, well, that's kind of a mark of passage. Uh-huh. You, know, you, have, you have some people do the whole thing without getting blisters. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a, that's I'm sure that is a rite of passage. Yeah, rite of to, passage yes. is blister. Yeah. And and we have a Facebook page, our organization. It's got thirty seven thousand participants. And the most frequent question on it is 
Yeah, how do you prevent blisters? How do you? Yeah, yeah. It should be more. How do you deal with them once you get or them? Get That's them. Yeah. ride a bicycle. Yeah. Well, there exactly. you go. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> then you have other sore parts. Yeah. Yeah. Body, yes, uh, that, right. that is another uh, source of questions. Then. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this one is uh, a little bit more focused, but uh, which and you, you've spoken on this a little bit already, but which portion of the Camino is is your favorite? Uh, the Camino Frances, my favorite portion is, it's called Osobrero, and it's when you uh, walk up this really, really steep mountain, and you get to the top, and it's, it's the entrance into the province of Galicia, which is where Santiago is. And uh, you look over, and just the vista from up there, there are lots of what they call um, cloud islands, and quite often the, the, the you'll see peaks rising above the clouds oh. below you. Yeah. And the little village is just like little stone uh, buildings. I've been there, you know, a thousand years or so. And that's that's my favorite point because then from there, you know, you're in the final um, the final province, maybe a, maybe another 150 kilometers to go. And um, it's kind of downhill from there. Yeah. That's my favorite that's, part yeah. of Camino Frances. Mythic. That, yeah, that does. Really? Um, yeah. uh, now, we always end with, with a, a favorite quote or a quote that is carrying you through the day. Um, this could either be for you today in life, or this could be a quote that carried you through the Camino. Is there something that that's rattling around in your head or that every day you're waking up and you're going, oh, that's... This is it. This yeah. This well, thing. the um, the one that kind of carries you through the carries me through the Camino, and uh, it, the Camino provides is when you, and it provides either through you know providing a place to stay, a fellow pilgrim's going to reach out and provide something for you. Uh, you think you're not going to be able to make it to that next church spire, and you do, and you know to put that into more the language of faith, we know that the God provides, you know, and grace provides, but the Camino provides is my favorite sort of life um, saying. But I just heard this wonderful one, you know, with this movie that just came out, and uh, um, Emilio Esteves said, um, let the, one of the things you do when you're doing on, on pilgrimage is you let the will of the Spirit do the work of the flesh. And I love the way that, that that is so incarnational about what Christian faith is because we tend, and this, I think this is another powerful thing about the, the Camino, we tend to kind of bifurcate existence. There's the spiritual world and there's the fleshly world. And one of the things that you know Christianity teaches us is that those two things are, well, this is Judaism too, the, uh, and lots of religions, but particularly in, in our Christian religion, th- those flesh and spirit are not inseparable because they came together in one person, right? Mm-hmm. And so by uh, through the endurance of the flesh, you can discover something of the will of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's just how interchangeable those two things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two aspects of our being. Yeah. I can believe after tr- hiking 500 miles that you would feel that. You know, you would feel that <laughs> that, that this what you just did 
and your flesh all of a sudden is a realization of the spirit that kind of has driven you along this and carried you through some probably tough times. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you realize it's weakness, but also you realize it's strength. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just a really good way to kind of bring bring those two parts of your being together. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Steve, for asking answering those uh, those questions. Uh, I know we have a little bit more to talk about. Yeah. 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 Um, I I'd love to hear some of your own experience, your own personal. You know, what kind of wisdom have you picked up, or you know, when when you come back and you reflect on on your experience, uh, you've had how, how many different times have you gone over? Did you say? Well, for the first 10 years, we would do it like three or four days at a time. But in the last five or six years, I've um, done one, two, three or four different Caminos. Wow. Wow. Only one for 500 miles, but, you know, some for 200 miles or 100 or something like that. Yeah. And I would imagine each one's unique and uh, to Mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. Well, the people you meet are unique. Right. You know, the sights you see are unique. The weather, the weather is the weather it varies. Um, so I'm sure there's let, some kind of reflection that you have at the end, where uh, on what's unique and what you picked up that time. Yeah, well, you know, I had a especially unique experience last year. We volunteered for two and a half weeks at at a hostel along the Camino. So instead of being part of the stream of yeah. pilgrims, we were rocks. You know, in the stream bed, and oh, let the stream a great kind of go over us. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, you know what I come back with is, um, y- you just have to kind of accept people for who they are. You're gonna have all kinds of people. You're gonna have. I mean, this is. I mean, it's life, but it's just it's distilled in that experience. You're gonna have some people who are whiners. Some people who could take anything, some people who will go out of their way to help you. And you just kind of let it wash wash over you, not in sort of a dismissive sort of way, but in a way just to sort of um, engulf you and, and, and revel in the variety of human experience that you encounter along the way. And people are doing it for all kinds of different reasons and coming from different perspectives, and that's okay. Yeah, that, that's fine. And God love God loves them all. Uh, I, I had the privilege about a year and a half ago of spending a little time with the dean of the cathedral at Santiago, um, who's, who's really kind of in charge of the the whole thing. You know, if if you even today, one reason the last hundred kilometers are very crowded is because if you do the last hundred kilometers and you get your your past pilgrim passport stamps, you get a, a nice, what's called a Compostela, which is a certificate written in Latin with your name on it that you've completed it. Anyway, the dean's office is responsible for all that, and we, we issued the passports in America. But um, he said that, you know, you'd think that he, he might be possessive, like this is a Catholic thing, and this is the thing that we're going to do. And, but he said, no, we just welcome everybody to walk the Camino, because I think it's like, you know, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And I think the Camino is like the door. And people walk along, and they see nature, and they and people, and history, and everything. And this Jesus is just knocking all along the way, you know? Oh, wow. And um, sometimes hear, people hear him in different ways, and 
Sometimes they encounter him as who he is, but other times they'll just encounter him in hidden ways, in ways that, you know, they may not even recognize, but uh, he's there. He's knocking all along the way. And so we just really are glad to have everybody come and come gather here at the cathedral in Santiago, regardless of what you are, because we believe Jesus is along there, regardless. What a rich way to be aware of the infinite nature of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's. And I think that's how it's enriched my faith, is mm-hmm. that, um, it, you know, it's, it, 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 there he is. Yeah. He, he, he's there, whether, whether people, I think my bias is that what people are experiencing is the power of the Spirit. Sure. Whether they name it or not. Yeah. That's what they're experiencing along the way in that liminal space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve, sometimes I've, uh, there've been a couple times in my relationship with you, I've um, come to you as a, uh, you know, a, a pastor that's ahead of me in years and experience with, you know, some great problem that I'm trying to solve and, uh, that I've worked at and worked at and chipped at and chipped at and twice already I've I've come and uh, what I have experienced with you in that moment is sort of almost what I've kind of felt like was almost like jujitsu you know like you've kind of helped me to say <laughs> to see that this isn't a problem to fight but you s- somehow have helped me to look at it in a different way as a gift. And um, hearing you describe even how you just sort of let the Camino wash over you while you were, you know, uh, hosts, um, shows me that, that that some of that wisdom that you've picked up in life comes from that experience, that uh, you're not out there to kind of conquer this thing um, and beat it, but to see uh, to to see life in a different perspective do you feel that, that you've, you've gleaned that kind of thing there yeah i mean you know it happens to you every day along the camino but one big example that stands out there's this portion of of the camino called the meseta which is a flat dry this probably takes you 5 days to walk across it uh maybe more, Uh, but it's a long slog, and there's, the scenery is just, it's just flat, wheat, you know, wheat fields, and, and so a lot of people will ride a bus across that, they say, I don't want, you know, because there's no mountains, there's no spectacular views, there's, you know, it's hot. No coffee shop, cafe. They're, they're rare, I mean, they're, yeah, they're rare, you really have to, they're rare, Um, but another school of thought is, that's the most powerful part because wow. just like you said, you let the landscape shape you and you don't have, and you're stuck with yourself. I mean, you might have a friend or a companion, but even if you're walking with somebody, you have different paces and you have right. periods and you're stuck with yourself and, and, and the scenery. And a lot of people find that the most transformative part of the whole experience because there's no distractions. Yeah. And you have to just have to keep going. Yeah. And in that is the miracle. Yeah. You know? That sounds like it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like the like we were saying from the beginning, the mm-hmm. Christian life. Yeah, exactly. You can't escape it. Right. You run around it. You got to go through it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you another thing. Some of the historical insights that have been interesting to me. Uh, you know, as a Protestant, I've always, I, I, I never saw what Catholics saw in the crucifix, this bloody figure of a broken body hanging up. You know, we Protestants have a, Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. It's an right. empty cross. Yeah. It's a sign of victory. And I thought, why do people put up this gruesome yeah. thing? But you know, one day I was at, at the end of the day, I was went into a church. And there was this, this particularly gruesome crucifix up there. And all of a sudden, I got it. I got it. I think he suffers with us. Hmm. I, he can relate. Okay, blisters are not, you know, aren't nail holes, uh, and a sore knee isn't, you know, a spear in the side. But he can get, he get, and so that's why this cruise is so popular with so many people around the world who are suffering a lot more than I am right. because, oh my, he gets it, and yeah. so that that helped me make learn something about my own faith tradition that I had just never really experienced yeah 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 that answers a lot for what what draws people to the Camino yeah right too, at the particular times in life when they when they feel when you they need. face you face the difficulty and the challenge and you don't you don't it's not like you um, m- well you do muscle through it but it's it, again you just let it shape you right and you have confidence that the Camino or God or Jesus is going to provide in that shaping. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to come out at the end once you reach the destination, you know, a, a, a transformed in some way or another. Mm-hmm. So some folks that would be interested in the Camino feels daunt, you know, might feel daunting to them. It's you know, you got a lot of work to get there. It's a lot of walking and a lot of preparation. What, what's step one? You know, what decide be... to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. Well, you know, it's not as daunting. I, there's a there's a, there's a lot of people who, out there who aren't such great. You, ha- you just have to do it at your own pace. You know, mm-hmm. one of the problems we have, especially those of us coming from a long way away who don't have long vacation periods. And, you know, it's really kind of a luxury to have the resources of time or, you know, to do it. But um, even if you only do it for a week, you know, you take it, there's, you can get cheap flights and you can do it. Um, and you can stay in, there's Donativo hostels where you stay whatever you can, they're not free, but whatever you can afford. Um, and there are pilgrim meals along the way where you can get a really nice meal for really cheap. So you just you just kind of decide to do it, you know. A lot of people a lot of people spend a lot of time training, and that's good. I, I want you know they'll walk every day for a couple of miles with a backpack. Uh, that that's fine, but the main, first thing you got to do is just decide to do it. Mm-hmm. And some people do it, like in the movie, you know, Martin Sheen. He just did it at the drop at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. and. The only training he had was riding a golf cart around the golf course. So, 
you know, if you got health problems, check with your doctor. But <laughs> right, there right. You know, don't, be a, don't be foolish. Yeah, but uh, yeah, make sure we put that disclaimer in. There. Okay. Yeah, right. That'll be on the bottom. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, and it sounds different than um, the preparation. Different than somebody training for a marathon or a half marathon. It's not a competition. It's it? not. You know, if you only wind up going. Uh, it's not. You just go right. for, you, go for how long you can go for a day, however long it works for you. Yeah. If you can only do it for a week, if you can only go fifty kilometers, yeah, that's fine. If you only go 20, 25. I know a guy. Actually, there's a member of this church who did the last hundred kilometers, which most people do in five days. He took two weeks to do it. Oh, he's yeah, an older guy. That's good. He just wanted to do it at his own pace. Mm-hmm. And he read the Gospel of James as he went along on the way to the bones of St. James. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's terrific. Yeah. Well, any any last things you want to uh, share and add to, uh, to this? This has been rich. And what a great introduction for a lot of folks to this um, and to the... To the topic of pilgrimage. Yeah. Well, I just want to highlight something that you that you pointed out, uh, Dan, and that's that uh, it, it it's wonderful if you go to Spain and 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 do the Camino de Santiago or some other pilgrimage route. People are discovering more and more uh, of these routes. People are actually starting to set up some pilgrimage type routes in the United States, like you know mission routes in California or uh, in in Texas. But the thing is, the important thing is, is, is the way you look at life, you know, and if you want to make a, if you could, maybe you can make a pilgrimage to um, someplace, anytime you go someplace that's special, that's meaningful, that's transformational, um, you know, there's, there's a pilgrimage aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And so not only when you get there, but just sort of notice what's happening along the way and um that that would be my closing piece of advice um yeah what what mature people we could become if if that's the way we traveled huh yeah right yeah yeah Yeah, and just let 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 what you encounter um transform you yeah as you go along yeah that is one of our marks of maturity that we've named is that you mature people know what truly satisfies them Mm -hmm. otherwise other people will tell you what satisfies you, and uh, and if we move through life as a journey, as pilgrimage, rather than in pursuit of things that other people are selling us, then uh, we'll we'll be wise and mature people. And I think if you notice, you'll notice there are a lot of things that satisfy you. Mm. Yeah, you know? that you maybe never even thought that of. That you maybe never maybe never even thought of. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you can just go through each. You know, each day saying, "Well, gosh, I, what can I do but say, but give thanks right. for this and for being here?" Then, you're, yeah, because the, the Camino provides all that stuff that maybe you didn't need, the, a cornucopia of stuff that you maybe exactly. didn't you know you needed. Exactly. So, well, that's rich. Yeah, Steve, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. Uh, just a reminder to all of you out there to learn more about the Camino and the organization uh, American pilgrims.org check out that website learn a little bit more and to find out more about us here at fpc lancaster go to fpc lancaster thank you again and we'll see you next episode